continuing our look through Revelation 18 this week. This is day three, talking about these voices of perspective that God gives us on Babylon, on the world system of selfishness. The voice of condemnation, it will fall. The voice of separation, come out from her, my people. Separate yourself from this world. And I want to spend a second day on this one because I believe it's one of the great issues of our day. Separate yourself from this world. There are two motivations that are given in these verses to separate yourself from this world, and both of them are in the way of warnings. First, separate yourself from this world because you know how easily you can get caught up in selfishness. And second, separate yourself from this world because you know where this world is headed. That's what verses six to eight are all about. Let me read those verses. This Speaking of Babylon says, give back to her as she has given. Pay her back double for what she has done. Mix her a double portion of her own cup. Give her as much torture and grief as the glory and luxury that she gave herself. In her heart, she boasts, I sit as queen. I am not a widow. I will never mourn. Therefore, in one day, her plagues will overtake her, death, mourning, and famine. She will be consumed by fire, for mighty is the Lord God who judges her. Now, that's where Babylon is headed this world of selfish pursuit. And right now it may look, as you saw in these verses, it may look like all glory, all luxury. She's giving herself glory. She's giving herself luxury. But one day it's going to turn into torture and grief. In fact, it says here a double portion of torture and grief. Notice closely what I read in verse 7. Babylon says, I sit as queen. I'm not a widow. I will never mourn. Babylon is lying to itself. And because Babylon, this system of selfishness, lies to itself, it lies to you. It's going to lie to you that this luxury, that this glory is what you need. Here we sit as believers in Christ, followers of Christ in this world. Or if you're not yet a follower of Christ, he's inviting you to become a follower of Christ, maybe even through these verses, maybe even through the book of Revelation. You're going to say, Jesus Christ, I will follow you. I thank you for your forgiveness. I'm not going to depend on myself for my life. I'm going to follow you. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, right now in this world, we're living in Babylon, and we're seeing the glory and luxury a lot of the time. We look around and we say, wow, that person gives himself glory. Wow, that person's not a follower of God, but they got a lot of luxury. I mean, here's a follower of God who's living in a shack in Rwanda because they are trying to serve God's people. And here's a follower of the ways of this world who's living on their own island in the Caribbean because they're following the ways of this world. Is that fair? Is that right? Here's one person who is denying themselves. Jesus said, I want you to deny yourself so that they can serve others. And here's another person who is giving themselves glory and luxury. Well, if all you had is the perspective of this world, it doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. But this world is not all there is. And it's not going to last. What the pastor in the shack in Rwanda is doing is going to last. What's happening with that Caribbean island it's going to be gone like a puff of smoke. Gone. To separate yourself from this world. We just got to walk through this one together because we get this one so confused. And I find that many who want to live this kind of life keep getting caught up And well, why did that person get this even though they're not separating themselves from this world? Why is this happening in this person's life? Or here's this other person who's trying to say, I want to be separate from this world. But their lifestyle, it just seems so condemning. It just seems so anti-people. They don't seem to love anybody. I mean, they want to live a holy life, but they don't love God's people. And they're so proud of how separate they are from the world. And you think, I don't want to be like that. To separate yourself from this world, you got to understand there are three groups. In Jesus's day, 
There was a group called the, the Pharisees. These were the rule keepers, and that's one of the groups. A second group I would call the uh, fun lovers. Now, they had names for these guys, philosophical names in Jesus' day also, but let's just call them the fun lovers. People who are like, this world's about the fun I can have. And the third group is the follower of Christ. In fact, let's call them those three things, Pharisees, fun lovers, and followers of Christ. Pharisees, the rule keepers, they devise a system of rules that only they can keep. And then they proclaim themselves the winners. It's like playing Monopoly with your brother when you were a kid who kept changing the rules as they went along so that they could always win the game. That's what Pharisees do. That's what rule keepers do. Let's change the rules so that no one else can keep the rules as well as I can keep the rules. And then when I see how well I'm keeping the rules, I'm going to proclaim myself the winner in this world. And a lot of times it's about religious rules, what you can do, what you can't do. Now, these Pharisees, they may look separate from this world, but the truth is that keeping rules is just their selfish way of fulfilling their pride. And many people, many of us as followers of Christ who need to be separate from this world, we see the Pharisees, we see the rule keepers, and we think, I don't want to be like that. But then we don't take the step of being a true follower of Christ. We shy away from what they are doing. And you need to do that. But you also need to be invited into what it means to be a true follower of Christ, which we'll talk about in a minute. Pharisees, first group. People who know they can't be Pharisees tend to choose to be in a second group. I call them fun lovers. They live for pleasure. Now, it's okay to have fun, and it's okay to love the fun that you have, but they live for the fun that they have. That's their whole life. And it may be evil pleasure, or it may be, in quotes, acceptable pleasure, but their lives are all about satisfying their selfish appetite for fun. Now, God made us to enjoy life, but they have taken that God-given desire and they've turned it into a selfish pursuit. They have a great fear often, these fun lovers, that if they get too close to God, he's going to take away their fun. And they have a great pride oftentimes, these fun lovers. They have a great pride that no matter how bad they are, no matter how selfish they are, at least they're not a Pharisee. At least they say to themselves, I'm not a hypocrite. Well, they're not a follower either. Pharisees, that's not the way to go. Fun lovers, that's not the way to go. And in order for you and I to separate ourselves from this world, we have to realize there are more than two choices. That's why I believe many of us don't separate ourselves. We think there are only these two choices. There's a third choice, and that is the choice to be a follower. You can choose to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ condemned the Pharisees for their way of living. Don't be rule keepers. Woe to you who are rule keepers. And Jesus Christ invited the fun lovers into his way of living. And in fact, that's exactly what those two groups need to hear. If I'm a rule keeper, I need to hear my rules are condemned, that they're never going to get me where I want to be. That's going to be a difficult day for me. But when I recognize that and I realize my rules are condemned, but I don't have to be condemned because Jesus Christ has set me free, that brings me new life. The fun lover needs to hear an invitation from Jesus Christ. Instead of an invitation to live the way I want to live, an invitation to live the new life that he's given me. He wants to make you a new creation. There are more than just two choices. As we talk about separating ourselves from this world, let me protect you, hopefully, from some thinking on this. One of the thoughts that comes to our minds is, okay, I'm going to be a follower of Christ. Jesus is here with me. That means that, that all I can do is feed the poor. That means that all I can do, Jesus is with me, is preach the gospel. So every day, I'm either feeding somebody or preaching to somebody. That's what I do all day long, every day. Have you ever read the New Testament? Look at the life of Jesus. If you're following Jesus, you're going to do the kinds of things that Jesus would do. 
Read the New Testament. Jesus spent a lot of time taking care of his family. He didn't start his public ministry until he was 30. So 30 years, he was doing some things to take care of his family. So taking care of your family, that's something that Jesus would do. You do it with a heart toward Jesus. You do it with a love for Jesus, knowing he's right there with you. Jesus, did you know this? Jesus was a party goer. He wasn't a drunkard. He didn't get drunk at the parties, but he went to parties. In fact, the Pharisees called him a party animal. There was something about the life of Jesus that had an infectious joy to it. He loved to be around people. He loved to talk to people and get to know people. To think that being in this world but not of the world, being separate from the world, means that I can only do the quote-unquote spiritual things that Jesus does. Everything is spiritual when you do it in his name. In his name means I'm following his purpose, I'm following his power. Now, I can't make something spiritual that's wrong, that's evil, that the scripture says is wrong. But what I'm saying is I can love my children from selfishness, I can love my children from a sense of apathy. I'm just doing it because I did it yesterday. Oh, I can love my children as a follower of Jesus Christ. It is my choice. You should be with your family and enjoy your family in his name. Serve your family in his name. Recognize that he's right there with you. Recognize in everything that he's there with you, even in your entertainment. What would Jesus watch if he watched TV? I think he'd watch Extreme Home Makeover. He was a carpenter after all. That'd be his favorite, wouldn't it? I don't know what his favorite would be. We all know there's evil things in entertainments and we don't want that to be a part of our lives. But does that mean I can never relax with my family? No, no, you sense that Jesus is there with you. Jesus Christ was the person who knew how to laugh, how to have a good time. So you say, Jesus, let's go out to eat together after church. I'm bringing some friends with me. I don't know if he'd eat pizza, but you go and eat with Jesus. I don't know what restaurant he would choose. The, the key is knowing he's there with you. I know I know that to Jesus, the pizza wouldn't be what's most important, the fellowship, the time spent together, eating together. He did that often with his disciples. Jesus Christ went to sinners' homes. Sinner in that day meant someone who did not believe in God. He spent time just relating to them. He enjoyed being in their presence, in the world, but not of the world. 1 John 2, 15 to 17 says, don't love the world. Don't love the world. The only way that I know to do that to not love the selfishness, the pride, the luxury of this world. The only way I know to do that is to fall deeper and deeper in love with the creator of this world, deeper and deeper in love with Jesus Christ. Trying to say, I'm not gonna love that, I'm not gonna love that, I'm not gonna want that, I'm not gonna want that, it doesn't work. But recognizing who he is and that I'm a follower, that he's so much better than anything this world has to offer, the more you follow him, the more you see that. That's my testimony to you. The more I follow him, the more I see that. What he has to offer me is so much better than anything this world has to offer, so much greater, so much deeper. He has an eternity to offer you. So why love the world when you can love him? You can love him whose relationship with you is gonna last for eternity. Why hold on to this world when it's fading away? Babylon is fallen. When I have a new city, I have a savior. That's the voice of separation. Father, Help us to live out this new life that you've given us in Christ. Not by trying in our own energy and power, but by trusting in who you are. Not pridefully as if we're better than someone else, but humbly. Knowing that, God, the only way to live this new life is because of the gifts you've given us in Christ. So humbly we come to you and say, help us to make the choice today to be a follower. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to look together at a third voice, the voice of lamentation. <laughs> <laughs>